I was recording on my board. I just wasn't recording on the screen. <laughs> Fair. I mean, the people need to know how we feel about these things, like Die Hard and Christmas movies. They do. They do. Well, well, they're not getting it now. Oh, they can get the audio version. They just won't see exactly. it on camera. <laughs> when these dads meet world, watching boy meets world. We grew up on the show, now we have kids. At host a podcast, we watch each episode and then share our thoughts and grades. When these dads meet world. They want you to take the roles. <laughs> and they do. They want you to take the roles. And welcome back, uh, good people out there, good-looking people. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Tyler. And I am your other host, Brett. Merry Christmas. Yes, Merry Christmas. Uh, Boy Meets World, We are pa- uh, in the show, we are past uh, Christmas now, past Valentine's Day. And I think we're just now in the middle of March, apparently. Um, can't really tell. Uh, they're wearing jackets and coats, but there's no snow on the ground, so apparently the winter is over. It was a short period. Um, but yeah, this is, uh, Dad's Meet World. We're a weekly podcast that deep, goes deep into the show of, uh, scene by scene, moment by moment, and getting into the real nitty gritty of the show from two dads perspective so brett uh how's it going and how are the holidays treating you so far oh it's going all right um uh, better today than the beginning of the week i had to uh do some repair work on my car we have uh, emissions testing here in my county in the county next door doesn't i actually commute to the county next door and uh (laughs) I had to repair or to replace one part on my car that has absolutely nothing to do with any emission system, but because it tripped a uh, a fault warning and uh, an, an engine code, it had to be replaced before I could pass emissions testing and then get my car's registration renewed. And what should have been a one-hour job took about three hours, but got it done. Got it passed, got the registration done. Well, I went in to get the registration renewed, and on that day, the entire state of Ohio's uh, network uh, in the BMV was down, so I couldn't even get it renewed on the day it was due. (laughs) But got that all done, and tonight we started uh, watching Christmas movies together, Uh, watched uh, Charlie Brown Christmas with the family, and watched uh, Spirited with uh, Will Ferrell and um, mm. Ryan Reynolds from last year. First time watching that one with the kids. And as it was ending, Asher said it was the best Christmas movie he's ever seen. And Abby and Toby, big, huge fans because A, it's Will Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds, and B, it's a musical. So Fair. Yeah. They do both of their musicals. They do. How's uh, Christmas and uh, all the other fun things going for the Volt Clan? Oh, so much fun's happening here. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but uh, I have a slight mucusy, coldish kind of situation. It hasn't fully <laughs> decided what it wants to be yet. Um, 
so all of us are dealing with that uh, some of us have a little worse than others sorry uh, so yeah so that's happening but yesterday uh, we were just sitting around and uh, wife's on call this weekend as of recording so she was gonna have it for a little bit the boys were both wired for hours and they both kind of took naps and just their sleep schedule was all going to be off so we were like you know what let's watch a movie and we have a walmart pickup later on so it's a weird night let's just watch a movie we'll go to the walmart pickup after that blah 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 uh so we chose to watch uh uh we we watched christmas vacation and um i'm like the last person you want to watch this movie with because this movie is so ingrained in me i'm like beating every single line by at least five seconds and it was to a point because i would say the line i giggle to myself and then i'd say the next line and my wife within a few minutes just went are you gonna do this the whole movie i'm like i can't help myself i I'm just know it so one. well <laughs> But it's, it's mostly just like an entertaining me thing, you know, like I'm becoming that dad of like, I think it's funny. So that's why I do it. <laughs> uh, but I did stop. I was like, okay, I will stop. I will distract myself a little bit. But, um, you know, I can't watch that movie alone. I have to be doing something else while that's on. Otherwise, I'll just I'll just be saying all the lines before it comes out. Um this is a great time for me to tell you that uh, we decided to get shirts for our son for uh, uh, what's that day? Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, because we get together uh -huh. as a family Christmas Eve, and so we have for our son. It says, uh, "And why is the carpet all wet, Todd?" And my nephew has a shirt that says, "I don't or, uh, know, Margo." Yeah, I don't know, Margo. Yes. Uh, so nice. yeah, I'm so excited for that to come out. I'm giddy about Very it because nice. uh, that there's literally, literally a line that our family has said to each other for years. Like around Christmas time, that is our way of saying "I love you." It's just looking at each other, be like, "Hey, why is the carpet all wet, Todd?" So it's me going, "I don't know, Margo." It's like I love this family. Very nice. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, Brett, should we get into this episode? I think we should. Let's look at episode three seventeen, the seventeenth episode of season three. Good looking people. We are yeah. racing towards the end of season three. The pink flamingo kid. Yeah, I know. While filming a video for Sean, Corey catches some criminals red-handed and wants to enter a TV news contest, but Sean objects and destroys the tape. Meanwhile, a money-hungry Eric attempts to find valuable objects amongst his parents' quote-unquote old junk. This episode was written by Mark Blutman and Howard Busgang, two very familiar names for all you good-looking people. They've written some really fun ones. Uh, directed by Jeff McCracken, originally aired February 16th, 1996, and currently enjoys an 8.2 IMDb rating. Now, <laughs> good looking people, we've had some uh, fun with the board here today. 
So we're going to see if uh, the vast emotional damage theme song is going to (laughs) work. Because it's everyone's favorite game show. Vast emotional damage. It worked. (laughs) Vast emotional damage. Everyone's favorite game show where we try to trip Tyler up and see if he can guess how many million people tuned in for this episode. Now, Tyler, last week for stormy weather, we had 16.4 million viewers. Now, this week for the Pink Flamingo Kid, how many million viewers do you think we had? All right. Um, you know, I'm going to go 16 again just because I want to say it dropped, but I don't want to say it dropped too much because this is already a big drop. So let's go with 16 again. You're going with 16? Mm-hmm. All right, 16. You would win the uh, showcase, 17.1 million. Bounce back up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, so we bounce back up to 17.1 million. So, Tyler, take it away. So the episode starts off with a camera being pointed at a door and someone knocking. It's Corey, and Mr. Turner opens the door. And he says, why do you have a camera on me? And he goes, because a good cameraman always got to be ready. You don't mind me shooting, right? No, not at all. Shuts the door in his face. <laughs> Knocks again. Turn the camera off. I'll let you in. <laughs> um, this just has to be like Turner getting to a breaking point with Corey and Sean literally always being in his space, being mm-hmm. in his life. So much of their relationship revolving in his space, like. I feel like for Turner, he didn't realize that agreeing to take Sean in means taking Sean in and Corey being attached to that as well. Sean always Mm. being there and just so much life happening there. Yeah. I mean, you take in Sean, you get Sean, you get his best friend, you get whoever he's dating at the time. Uh, I mean, that right there is just so many other people in his apartment that he wasn't expecting. So there's, like you said, there's so much life going on. Yeah. I love love how he answers. (laughs) What are you you hiding? My disdain for you. (laughs) (laughs) It's no wonder he disappears to the other side of the school for a few months. Well, these are like his special students from last year that he was trying to get turned around, and now they're literally always around him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I just, you got to think that as a, a young guy who has an apartment, this has to be like so frustrating for him of like, knock, knock, gosh, it's Corey again. <laughs> this time um, he's got a camera. Yeah, he's got a camera this time. Uh, But yeah, Corey's able to walk in finally, and apparently Sean is on the phone with his dad. His dad is uh, apparently going to go to the dog tracks with President uh, uh, Lincoln, uh, Clinton, uh, who was president at the time. And uh, yeah, um, you know, we know that Chet's kind of a, for lack of a better wording, kind of a con artist, and he is a little bit of a shyster, and his schemes are a little more deviant than, uh, say, Sean and Corey's are. But to just straight up lie to your kid on a regular basis so much that the kid just, instead of calling it out, he's just like, yeah, sure, that's what you're doing. 
Yep. I, mm-hmm. I hear you. Like, there's just a sadness to this relationship that there is hard is. to talk about, I think. Like, there's love, but there's no trust. Yeah, I mean, to just... Everything that Sean tells his dad is coming from a place of truth, and everything he's hearing from his dad is... He's got to filter it. Is this is this a lie? Is this maybe something that's true you know he's, he's got to run everything through a filter before he can process it mm-hmm. yep but uh sean's gotta hang up a little quicker than what he wanted to and he's a little sad about that and but they have an idea what if mm-hmm. they record sean and the rest of his family giving a message to him and sending it to him because I bet he's missing home and would love to hear from and see some of the family. Because apparently, as Sean says, family is important to the hunters. Yes. And Which is the first we're hearing about this. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, we've got the sister that we've never heard from again. And we've talked about her canonically in our heads before. We've got Verna yes. who ran away <laughs> and that's why Chet's gone. <laughs> and we've mm-hmm. we've met Uncle Mike before. And, yes. you know, we, we've we've heard tangentially about some of these other hunters before, but we've never really seen anything to, to, to show that they have any strong family bond. Yeah. Well, apparently, uh, when there's, uh, with family, there's always a place to hide. Where there's family, there's a place to hide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, apparently in this year also, this is the time for the show to say, hey, Corey's gotten really good with the camera and it's, he's so good that no one ever really notices that he's taking out the equipment again. It's, it's a little frustrating because between last year and this year, they actually put some effort into showing Corey developing some skills as a reporter and showing some chops in journalism and after this year they'll just disappear that that type of a a story thread will we we won't ever really revisit it yeah it's just something that he was into for a bit and then gone (laughs) i mean it's literally something that comes up for a few episodes or an episode and then goes away comes back it goes away yeah, Corey's motivations and what he wants to do with his life team seems to come and go based on what episode and who's writing the episode. Which is normal for yeah. TV in the 90s, but... And to an extent... It's almost... Normal for teenagers. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I will say, it is almost like the jokes come first, Brett. Uh... But yeah, we go to the school, and apparently Sh- or Corey has signed out more equipment, and he's all ready to go. And uh, yep. apparently, Mr. Williams notices that he signed out all this equipment, thinking that Corey wants to enter himself into a junior reporter, high school reporter contest. You know, one of those TV things that come out of nowhere that doesn't make a mm-hmm. whole lick of sense, but sure... I mean, these guys already documented that they caught the high school janitors stealing from the school. That wasn't a 
good enough report to go to the five o'clock news, but whatever. Yeah, can't <laughs> turn that one in. It already happened. They already took care of that. It's not fresh yeah. enough. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Mr. Williams or Eli, as we prefer to call him, is trying Williams. to tell Corey that Comma, Mr. He, <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to communicate of hey, you potentially have a future in this, so you know, do the best you can. Mm-hmm. Very much indifferent of what he was saying to Eric of you don't have a future in any of this. Just get the information into me. Yep. Uh, oh yes we run into eric now eric is uh behind feeney hauling some junk for him and apparently uh i was very curious was hauling stuff around (laughs) it was the the pack the the pack mule on this one (laughs) because he needed something to do but apparently brett he can't move that fast because he's not wearing underwear (laughs) not dawdling i'm just not wearing any underwear now, Brett, when you don't wear underwear, do you notice that you also drag a little bit, too? Oh, uh, let's see. <laughs> when was the last time I even went commando? I don't know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, I was going to tell you this off mic, but now I'm thinking of it, so I might as well tell you this. Literally, we're sitting on the couch. I'm trying to convince Henry to, like, go to bed. And this is mm-hmm. while Grayson was still awake. And Sarah, like, was pushing away a tray slash um, little overhanging uh, stand that we have. And she kicked it a little too hard and it wobbled. And the cup of water that was on there instantly fell and it all came in the direction of me. So it landed oh. all on my crotch and everything, and then the other couch cushion, and I just kind of pick up Henry, and I just hand him over. I'm like, take him, and it's everything of me is soaked. But it didn't get the baby, and it didn't hit the other boy. It just hit the one couch, and then the other cushion that I'm on had a teeny little bit of water. <laughs> so what you're telling me is you're recording and no underwear. No, no, I'm I'm fresh as a daisy now. <laughs> it's like I got a little bath right before we recorded. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, just, I got up and I was like, I'm not mad at you. I'm just mad at Gerald. <laughs> I'm not mad at you. I'm just frustrated. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, I, I know I'm mad. There's no way around it. But I just, I can't. I'm not directly mad at you. Similar, Brett, to when someone makes fun of Fanny Feeney. <laughs> Fanny Feeney? Don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, great aunt uh, Feeney. Fanny Feeney. Great aunt Fanny Feeney. Uh, apparently was uh, once upon a time uh, his aunt who passed away. A bit of a collector. But, uh, Yes, but apparently uh, he's going to take his items to uh, Lankershman and Sloan's. And Eric says, the roofers? He says, no, the appraisal house, which we'll talk about that later, Brett. All right. I look forward to it. Yes, but this is where he gets the concept of you take your junk or the things that your relatives pass on to you that you don't know what the values are. 
then you have someone appraise it. Uh, sometimes people get lucky and they will find things that are like pure gold that, you know, was made 80 years ago and is worth money now. Um, mm -hmm. But there's also, especially throughout the course of time that we know, a lot of things are more gold or silver plated and not really pure. So <laughs> those fun things you learn along the way. Oh, yes. Um, so, yeah. But uh, we go to the trailer park. We haven't been here in quite some time. And uh, Sean's excited. This is his old grounds. And, you know, his people are here still. Yeah. Um, is this actually the first time we've been inside the trailer park? Huh. That's a great question. I think this is actually the first time we've been inside the trailer park. I think you might be right. Because we don't see the yeah. inside of their trailer until season four. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah. No, this is the first time we're actually in, in the trailer park whatsoever. Yes, that's a first for us. Fascinating. Yeah. Good good call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um He says we're gonna go talk we're gonna go see Uncle Mike first and he'll get the rest of the family. And uh they knock on the door. Um <laughs> Oh gosh, where is it? Uh Uncle Mike's the easiest and warmest and friendliest. <laughs> oh yes. Uh knocks on the door. Uh, Uncle Mike, open up. There is no Uncle Mike. I'm an old shut-in living on my pension. Go away. <laughs> it's me, your nephew, Sean. Sean! Shawnee! Shawnee! <laughs> yeah, he's quite concerned. What's with the camera? It's like, remember I called you and said, we're going to record something? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> and then he calls for all the other hunters to come out, and they all say, we didn't do it. Do anything. <laughs> we didn't do it. Ah, the, the hunter motto. And this is Uncle Mike. It's Uncle or, uh, Herschel Sparber again. We saw him last time uh, as he was in the motorcycle shop uh, in By Hook or By Crook. This mm -hmm. is the last time we're going to see Uncle Mike. You know what? Uncle Mike got robbed. He should have been on this show more. He should have showed up more. Uh, we, we should be able to see him once or twice a season. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is the last of three times we'll see him here. Yeah, I mean, I will say, after this season, we do regularly get Chet more. And so I do like that, because Chet mm -hmm. becomes more of a real character and not just the father who abandoned Sean. So right. with the lack of Uncle Mike, we do get... Uh, chat, so I don't mm -hmm. mind that. I don't uh, mind trade -off, but, no. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so they start to shoot uh, some footage, and uh, apparently Sean's super happy because the hunters are really opening up, and uh, <laughs> Corey's not so <laughs> pleased because he's like, um, no one's really saying anything, <laughs> including apparently Chet's mother. Who doesn't actually say anything because of the gag order and medication. And with her attorney standing right beside her, he says, Excuse me. To my alleged son, Chet, happy birthday. 
These loving words are in no way, are no way, an admission of guilt in the trial of the people v. Getty Gertie Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> Any woman who can give birth to me is a tough broad. <laughs> I will say again: tiny lady, giant children. Mm-hmm. Wonder if if there's um, any. Any Stacchino intermix in that Hunter line back in the years? Branches, different branches on the same family tree. <laughs> yeah, very fair. Uh, so apparently uh, they need to find a way to get the Hunters on record. And so you see them I do have, a mass. <gasps> I have yes, do it! I've been waiting. <laughs> Action! Happy birthday, Chet! <laughs> Here at this undisclosed location. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna turn the camera off, all right? I'm not going for my pockets. Ah, uh, you know, Uncle Mike, Dad's really gonna get a kick out of this. Yeah, it was nice to have the family together. Yeah, I'll be sure to uh, send you a copy. Why would you make copies? You're a tall, tall man. Thanks! You know, Shawnee, you got a good friend here. Uncle Mike. Hey, it fell out. <laughs> That's just, okay, let's just be real. It's just terrific. It's... You don't know who's in there, but all you know is that it's people wishing him happy birthday. And Sean just knows it's going to make his dad so happy to see or potentially see all of his loved ones wishing him a happy birthday. Even if the rest of the people can't see and tell. That's right. <laughs> yeah, the hunters are just an odd folk. That's what I'm seeing. They are. <laughs> but, uh, Brett, after the whole uh, Uncle Mike uh, decides to try to steal Corey's wallet, and Sean immediately catches him trying to do it, we run into somebody else. We do. We run into a couple of tough dudes, and we'll find out. Uh, well, we'll find out one's name pretty quickly. Eddie is played by Maury Sterling. This is the first and only time he'll show up on Boy Meets World. He has a hundred and eight credits on his resume. Showed up wow. in shows like Pick Fences, The Pretender, Jag, Judging Amy, Star Trek Enterprise, Monk, ER. Criminal Minds, 24, CSI, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Veronica Marge, Batman Hush, and more. Oh. Yeah, he was the uh, voice of, um, uh, oh, Tommy Elliot in Batman Hush. Hmm. I've not Versus watched that one. Friend. Oh, you should. Pretty decent adaptation of the uh, source material. Oh, golly. And... Uh, then the little guy that's with them is... Uh... Ooh, ooh, ooh. No, let me do this one. <laughs> I'm ready. Uh, okay. Don't even go there. Uh, right. Hold on. Let me pull him up. But I, I will tell you that we're watching it, and Sarah goes, oh, hey, that's the kid from that show. And I go, no, it's not. <laughs> she goes, yes, it is. I'm like, no, he's not. And, of course, I look it up, and I go, holy cow, it is him. I feel like years ago I said... That's definitely him, but for whatever reason today, didn't realize it. But uh, the tough little kid is Blake uh, Foster, 
most famous for playing Justin Stewart from Power Rangers. Uh, he's also in Kids World and mostly just Power Rangers. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. A lot of the stuff on his resume was either Power Rangers adjacent, like short films or stuff that's just like, has anyone really ever seen that? Walker, Texas Ranger, two of a kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brady Bunch, Brady in, the Bunch in the White House. <laughs> yeah, so the, those that don't know, uh, Justin uh, first appeared in the Turbo movie. He is the first child to be a Power Ranger. Now, this divided the Power Ranger fandom for <laughs> probably still years at this point. Like, I remember when I was watching as a kid being like, cool, there's a kid, awesome. Those other people say, older teenage like older like people that are like the quote-unquote original power ranger fans i was like ah garbage who wants this now i do consider myself a power rangers original because born in the 90s and all but there are those that watched it when it first premiered and those people would say gosh what is this a kid no we just want Tommy and Jason, and that's it. Anyone else is garbage. Um, well, you see, they're supposed to be so, teens with attitude, not preteens with yeah, attitude. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I get it. Well, and technically the Turbo Rangers are supposed to be graduating from high school, but they go back eventually to other people being Power Rangers. So that's the other thing, too, is the TV show power rangers turbo also made a big adjustment to new power rangers stepping in so you have a total of five new power rangers in the span of like 20 episodes from the originals so mm -hmm. well actually the original team that was from zeo into turbo you know let's just back up for a moment there was mighty morphin and then there was zeo and then there was turbo <laughs> but but brett i'm gonna finish this conclusion because the last time we see justin in power rangers is not in turbo it's in space because the sixth season and what was supposed to be the end of the show takes place and he comes back for one last episode. And this is an episode where there's two Blue Rangers, two of them, Brett. And it was quite good, quite great. And it ends his storyline. And you know what, Brett? There needs What's to be that? more talk about Power Rangers. I'm just saying it. More people <laughs> need to talk about it. Uh, this Power Rangers digression brought to you by hashtag not a sponsor, Saban and Shuki Levy. <laughs> And to Hasbro, let's just say that because they're the ones that own the rights to Power Rangers. They are the ones that have the rights now. <laughs> I'm not a fan. Leave me alone. Ah, <laughs> uh, so where were we? Oh yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, so Eddie pops in with his Eddie cronies, and, <laughs> and Corey makes some bad choice words, and uh, basically. Like, the little kid is ready to beat him up. I could take you. And, uh, yeah. Uh, continuing that line of, I can take you. Uh, so, yeah. Eddie's kind of trying to say, hey, you know, you should probably get lost. And you don't belong here anymore. We live here, not Built you. Built in. And take Quirky Dorky with you. Hey, what's the fastest way out of here? <laughs> I don't know why, but that built-in insult, it just, it, it fits, and it, it cuts just right. For some reason, they just, they found that one, and it fits. 
Yeah, it really does. Uh, I like we transition to Eric because he has now fully embraced this looking for treasures in junk. Like he is going to go through the whole house looking for everything. Um, and it even comes to a point where he says, so I say to myself, Kyle, uh, <laughs> Now, you I should do have... go to the under the <laughs> sorry. You should go get this uh, bandwagon under, this under bandwagon. the bandwagon. I do have this. And make clip, some money by cleaning segment. out your room yourself. <laughs> I do have this clipped. Junk. You call these gambling dogs junk? Alan, take the sharp things out of that box. All right. Obviously, you guys are going to figure this one out by yourselves. Obviously. See, Mr. Feeney had goobles of old junk lying around his house. Well, he found out some of it could be worth a ton of money. So I said to myself, Kyle. Kyle? That's what I call myself. So I said, Kyle, you should get under this bandwagon and make some money by cleaning out that room. Eric, Mr. Feeney's collectibles are from all over the world. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Amy, Amy, whoa, whoa. I, I think Eric might be onto something here. Hmm? Um, you know... The garage in the attic, it might be chock full of undiscovered treasures. Why don't you, uh, clean them out and see what you can find? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Clean out the garage in the attic? You guys would let me? Whatever makes you and Kyle happy. I will say, I love that. Whatever makes you and Kyle happy. Yep. Like, they just... Alan and Amy are not perfect parents, but they just kind of okay like mm -hmm. this isn't gonna hurt yourself and you're gonna do a good thing for us so if it makes you happy to go do that go for it <laughs> yeah you know last week they might not agree with all of his decisions but this week i think they're agreeing with him yeah this week you know they're they're giving him some some room to to run with his idea mm-hmm <laughs> <laughs> And getting the attic and the and the garage cleaned out at the same time. Yeah. Okay, can we talk for a moment about how come TV shows always have giant basements and giant attics they can hide all their crap in? <laughs> yeah. Like, again, we've been watching Full House, and I know I keep complaining about it here and there and texting you random stuff, but... Seriously, where are they fitting all that house inside the house? Yeah, that's that's a lot of house to be fitting inside of that shell that we see from the exterior. Yeah, it is. You have to be that that fourth wall has to be flat all the way through. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, again, I get it. TV magic. I get TV magic. The jokes come first. But it's like you walk into a room and all of a sudden it's like, wow, we didn't realize all this space was here. Really? Mm -hmm. We didn't realize all this space was here. <laughs> it only takes a week or two to get a room completely redone and remodeled. Bullcrap. Well, that's the magic of TV. It is. I call it's it like Google. one episode. Yeah, it's one episode. They're like, we're taking measurements because we're gonna redo the house and this one room, and then it's the next episode, and it's all done. They're just finishing painting, you know. <laughs> yeah.
so yeah um oh yeah so they're at uh, turner's house and their or apartment and they're watching the uh footage and uh cory notices something apparently uh he got a clip of eddie uh Maybe not holding something he's supposed to be holding. Yeah, he thinks he's a little bit nerdy at first because he's got a computer. Yeah. But yeah. then, of course, uh, that comes <laughs> real clear to both his. of them that, yeah, it's not his. <laughs> and so Corey is like, great, this is my opportunity. I can turn this in and you also get your tape for your dad. Yeah. And Sean's like, win for no one. Yeah, Corey's like, great, this is a win-win for everyone. He goes, no. And uh, Corey's confused, like, what do you mean no? And he goes, no. He goes, well, this is my tape, so I can do whatever I want with it. He goes, okay, this is your tape. Pulls it out, decides to destroy it. Now, good-looking people, you can't just replace this. Uh, That thing is done, though. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that with old film, you can cut and tape things back together, but there's only so much you can do when something is ripped. You're not getting that back. Yep. So, uh, Sean destroys it, doesn't explain to Corey. The two of them are kind of in a verbal disagreement, and they decide to walk away from each other. Turn up to school the next day. Corey's saying, hey, Williams, enter me in that contest. And uh, Corey and Sean, uh, they have a bit of a disagreement over everything. They do, and I, I do have a bit of this clipped as well. Why did you rip off my tape? It just happened, okay? Sean, I caught those guys on tape, stealing computers, right? I, cu- I could have won an award or something. Maybe I was doing you a favor. No, no. You know what I think, Sean? I think it bothers you that I finally found something I'm good at. I think you should shut up and let go of me right now. Son, why are you acting like I did something? I said let go of me. Fine. All right, let's see what you got, Hummer. No. No, no, Corey, you don't want to do this. Yeah, I do. Break it up. Get back to class now. Hunter Matthews? Did you guys know you were fighting each other? I'm out of here. No, 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 I don't think so, Sean. Not until somebody tells me why you guys were going at it. What do you want me to say? I'm good with a camera and this guy's jealous. Yeah, you know when I'll be jealous of you, Corey? When you can do this. Hey, hey, watch it. Okay, so literally, after we watch this scene, my wife goes, that's one of my favorite lines in the whole series. Hunter Matthews, do you know you're fighting each other? you're fighting each other. (laughs) It's a great one. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, I will say, even though uh, Turner and Sean live together, if he doesn't communicate what's going on between the two of them, he doesn't have an idea of that there's even a disagreement between them. So I feel Mm -hmm. like Turner is really surprised and, I mean, so is uh, Williams for sure. But, like, Turner's like, what happened? Like, something is wrong. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. 
I, I will say the way that these teachers handle this whole thing, I do think works really well. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. They don't go straight into disciplinarian mode and start handing out the detention or anything. They, they want to get to the, to the base of everything. They want to get to the bottom of it. No one's going anywhere until we figure out what's going on. You know, what, what is causing you two to come to blows here? Yes. Uh, apparently they don't want to talk though, but luckily for them, uh, there's a brand new program in town. It's called Hooked on <laughs> Let's Feeny. Let's not call it detention. <laughs> I prefer Hooked on Feeny. <laughs> Yes, I, I I do love that so much. Uh, and as a, a hooked on finest kid, I appreciate it. <laughs> I do love that pro that program, Hooked on Feeny. Uh, yes. Uh, yes, and I like how they're leaving detention, and he Corey's like, "Ah, oh, yes, another wonderful afternoon with you." I'd really hate for us to do this again. He goes, "Well, your reservations are scheduled for tomorrow as well." Yep. Um, but I like how they try to Corey or Sean tries to talk to Corey, and Corey's not really interested, and. Sean is left to just sit there in his frustration and his sadness and he hits the locker mm-hmm. and Mr. Feeney walks out and uh, did you have any of this clipped? I I don't. I wanted to but it was just nope. it ran too long and I couldn't clip part That's of okay. it and leave the rest. Yeah. So Mr. Feeney just says why'd you do that? Why'd you hit the locker? He goes well I'm frustrated. Well, does that help? Well, yeah. And so Mr. Feeney hits the locker as well. And he says, immediately, ow. Because <laughs> uh, adults, we know when we're not actually physically frustrated, it hurts us immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I will say, in my 30s, I've learned that if I hit something in a certain way now, it just it ruins my whole hand and my arm. And I'm like, it's not worth it anymore. It This used to be fine. Uh, gosh, my body can't handle that anymore. <laughs> um, yep. So, yeah, uh, Sean's confused. Like, what, what, why, why are you frustrated? And he goes, well, I'm seeing two young men throw away a friendship. And he goes, well, I don't really want a friend like that. Um, and Mr. Feeney counters with, well, who do you really count on? Sean's like, family. You can always count on family. And, you know, Feeney tries to kind of point out to him of like, really? He doesn't say exactly these words, but he basically says to him, like, throughout this whole year, who has actually been there for you? Has your family been there for you? No, it's been, you know, Corky McGee over there. Like, the person that has been most close to you, the person that's always been there for you, is Corey. So why would you mm-hmm. give up that friendship? And he makes clear that, you know, he really doesn't have that many close family members. What he does have are close friends. And this may be the first time we're getting a peek at that he has some people that are friends to him that are closer than his actual relatives. Mm-hmm. And those are the people that he considers to be a friend now. Which makes yeah. you call on the question all the way back in the pilot when he says his sister can't meet him for dinner. 
is that actually his sister who's who cancels on him or is it a friend or if it was his sister who is supposed is close by but they don't really interact with each other and George has kind of given up on that friendship or in that relationship and so he's realized he can only really rely on the friends he has um but I mean it does play into a factor of is it your family by blood that is your family or is it the family you create your family Mm -hmm. I tend to think it's a little bit of both yeah I mean this this idea of found family has become I mean it's always been around but it's become very popular uh, lately Mm -hmm. that uh, especially when your own family is less than ideal to be able to find a family that will take you in and to create a family yeah and so this I mean this but Sean's family really uh, if we go back two episodes Turner points out your best relationship is right over there with Corey mm-hmm. with Corky Dorky and <laughs> <laughs> I mean this this is with as deep a friendship as they have and it's natural but he needs mm-hmm. to be reminded at times that this is his best bond that he has yeah and the one that he needs to lean on the most well if sean had just said look eddie's my brother and no matter how close i am or am not to him i don't feel right you turning this in and you know what Corey would have done okay i won't do that because you asked me not to and that, that's all it really needed to be. Um, now, I get because they're in high school, those type of conversations can be difficult, especially if Sean's never said, yes, I have a half-brother. Because um, it feels like this is out of left field for him to have a brother. Um, it's going to be even more crazy in a couple seasons. But, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you know, and I'll say this too, Brett, and I think you'll agree with this, uh, but for the good-looking people out there, if you have found that there are family members that won't accept you for whether it's a choice you make or something you can't control about who you are and who your identity is, um, there are people that will love you and, and will form a family around you if you are willing to open up and to be surrounded in love. Um, you know, unfortunately, there are people who just cannot help but judge and have been raised a certain way to only think one way but there are people out there that won't think that one way only and find those people um because there's a lot more people probably out there that are more like you than are not like you if that makes sense so don't give up looking for your people your community just because your the the people that should love you unconditionally don't accept who you are That's all. Um, so, yeah. We go back to the wacky storyline, Brett. And, uh... <laughs> what do you... Tr- Stop trying to take me over that way. Um, so, yeah. Eric is, uh... 
Gonna take his his junk over to the appraisers and uh It's not junk. Alan's... Treasures treasures I say. <laughs> this this is the part <laughs> we we were talking about the Sarah and I of like, is this the part that he that he really twitches out and starts to become the version that we know and love next season? Like is this is this really where it happens? Like does there he might have just... been some asbestos up in that attic? <laughs> yeah. Well it's like did he have like a quarter life crisis last episode and now he's trying to recover some of that? And yeah, maybe some asbestos was up there. Because <laughs> uh, this is really a part of like, he kind of goes crazy this episode. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Alan's like, listen, I'll help you carry stuff out to the trash. Like, you know, don't worry about it and I'll give you 10 bucks. I, I don't need your $10. Like, this is treasure. Treasure, I tell you. Uh, but before he walks away, he buys a flamingo from Sean for 30 bucks. And, and Sean, knowing that those suckers are only maybe five bucks total, uh, says, yeah, sure. So, uh, anywho. <laughs> uh... Where are we at? Yeah, so we go... Oh, I'm sorry. That was earlier in the episode. That did not just happen right now. I, I got those uh, got those confused. Uh, but anywho, uh, so Corey goes to back to the um, trailer park. And he's going to get footage of what's going on. Uh, but Corey forgets the very important rule about doing investigative uh, journalism. And that is don't <laughs> get caught. Yes. And so uh, Corey <laughs> is getting a good shot, getting a good shot. He's a little far enough away. I gotta get closer. Says, I gotta get closer. Forgetting he has zoom on his camera. Yeah. <laughs> and so Corey gets closer and he gets too close. And uh, Eddie's ready to start beating him up and killing him. And unlike Hart. Harley Kiner starts putting his hands on him. Eddie, yeah, Eddie actually throws hands, and yeah, yeah, right. Which, which is why, to that point, I always think Harley was all talk. Eddie, however, is not all talk. In fact, he talks not enough. Mm -hmm. Eddie talks with his fists. <laughs> yeah, so he starts throwing him around. <laughs> It's just funny because the little kid's like, all right, I think he's had enough. Yeah, listen to the little guy. Who you call a little? <laughs> yeah. But uh, Sean appears. Now, he doesn't just walk up. He jumps off of a trailer. <laughs> and makes the guy hero pose and hero, you know, hero stop landing. in. Oh, hero landing. That's what I'm looking for. And yes. uh, yeah. And he goes, what are you going to do? you going to fight me, Sean? Like, no. I'm going to call the cops. Which, when you think about it, Brett, that kind of means that Eddie is right and that Sean really doesn't belong there as much anymore. Yeah. But he, I mean, he points it out, though. Well, it, you, you know, uh, when he talks about turning him in, like, you're so much better than me. I'm on my way to be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whether it's at that point or not, 
Sean knows he's on, whether it's just leaving the trailer park or it's leaving that part of his life, he knows he's on his way out. And that he's got, you know, one foot in this world, one foot in another world. That he's kind of uh, a man of two worlds. And he's kind of living in a tension. And he needs yep. to basically figure out which world he's going to put both feet in. And we'll be living in that tension for quite a while. Yeah. I agree. Um, well, and that's the other thing of like, who is his brother in this situation? Is it someone who is half his blood or is it someone who has been there through thick and thin and has stopped him in some of his worst moments and, and try to help him to see the light and also to be a guiding force for him at times? Um, mm -hmm. you know, but someone has full and complete trust in him, regardless of his background. Yep. There's like one moment in his life that Corey judges him and then he doesn't mm -hmm. judge him for that ever again. So, oh, it's a friendship that's messed up a whole generation, that's for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, Corey and Sean make up, and we get to the close, Brett. And apparently, Alan and Amy are, are willing to suck up their pride and to pay Eric for his efforts. And he goes, how about 60, 60 bucks. bucks for all your effort? And yeah. he goes, oh yeah, sure. And they're like, oh, gosh, we, we don't have any change. He goes, oh, it's all right. Well, shoot, all I have is hundreds. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah. <laughs> Apparently there was an item in some of that stuff you guys had in the garage, and the guy wore 4000 bucks for it. Yeah, it's a kabuki <laughs> mask. And uh, Eric says, I'm a millionaire. I'm a millionaire. And Mr. Feeney just kind of waves them off. <laughs> sure gosh, Feeney walks in. It's just such a buzzkill oh yeah remember that box <laughs> i you had in your garage for me i think there was a mask in there uh, i really want to see what the value of it is and eric just hands over all the money feely just me goes i'm a millionaire i'm a millionaire <laughs> i watched eric through this whole i've watched this like three times when I watched Eric through this the last couple times, and just to watch him as his face as he realizes exactly what's happened, the whole body posture changes, and that one last effort, how's five hundred bucks? Set? Yeah. <laughs> oh, but right. I will say, if if you got a, a old Kabuki realistic mask, I feel like you shouldn't keep that in your neighbor's garage. Yeah, you probably shouldn't. You should yeah, probably unless Feeney has so many collected <laughs> items. Yeah, <laughs> unless he has so many items he cannot keep track of them that they should all be in a museum. That's the only way I see that being a possibility, but... Yeah. Who is to say? But it is Feeney. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. But with that, Brett, that is an episode. That is. So, uh... Let's hear some of your deep dives. People, 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 people. Am I the only one who read the summer reading list? All right. Since we already talked about the character and uh, mentioned Justin uh, from Turbo, let's go ahead and talk about the Turbo movie. The right. second and final 
original uh, uh, Power Ranger movies that came out. Because uh, good-looking people, just so you know, there's been three total. Uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, or the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers <laughs> movie, Turbo Power Rangers movie, and then the just the Power Rangers that came out in 2017. Uh, yeah. Only two of those are connected to each other. Well, no. Technically, none of them are connected to each other because the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers happens on a whole different other universe. It's not connected to the original timeline. It's a whole thing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, anywho. You can watch uh, any of those movies without needing to watch any of the other ones. That's true. Honestly, you don't even need to watch the series before this. You can just start right into the Turbo movie. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'm just looking for the specific day, and I'm not seeing it right now. Uh, so, uh, the Turbo movie came out in 1997. Uh, it was released before the Turbo uh, TV show came out. Um it was an attempt to kind of revitalize the uh, the genre a little bit uh, after they had the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers come out in 1995. Um, budget was about uh, $8 million, and it made back about $9.6 million, so a little over budget. Uh, opening weekend was uh, March 30th, by the way. Run time of uh, 1 hour and 39 minutes. Um, I gotta say, uh, as a quick aside, not as good quality-wise as the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers or the Power Rangers that came out later on, but one of the things I loved about this movie is when they go to the Zord mode, they they show this cool thing, I think the cinematography and director did, was they showed as the, the Zord moved and big like this like it shows the power rangers like kind of moving with them and as an adult you're like gosh your backs must be all sorts of jacked up with the amount of you know moving as they're doing and grooving and everything but i'm like yeah no that makes sense that their cockpit would be kind of stationary unless inside it's kind of like almost as a sphere that kind of moves to keep them parallel but uh yeah mm-hmm. is this kind of a cool thing they did um if you're not a Power Rangers fan, it's not really worth it to get to that. But, you know, there's YouTube clips you could watch. Just the Megazord fight. I do recommend it. It's a pretty good fight. Um, so, yeah. Getting off of the Power Rangers. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So, Brett, you may you be wondering. The Power uh, Ranger episode. <laughs> so, there are some, uh, some legal uh, jargon that came up. So, let's talk about some of those legal jargon, shall we? A uh, gag order, or a gagging order, or a s- suppression order, is an order, typically a legal order by a court or governor, government restricting information or comment uh, from being made public or passed out of uh, any unauthorized third party. Uh, the phrase may sometimes be used of a private order by an employer or other institutions. Uh, uses of gag orders include uh, keep keeping trade secrets of company or protecting integrity of ongoing police or military operations and protecting the privacy of victims or minors. Uh, conversely, as their downside, they may be abused as a useful tool for those of financial means 
uh, to intimidate witnesses and prevent release of information using the legal system rather than uh, other methods of uh, intimidation. Uh, sometimes this goes along with uh, slap uh, lawsuits, which is just a way to for someone to use their money to keep someone uh, in, in legal trouble, even though it's not really founded. And there's things that some politicians are doing to get rid of those, but some politicians are fine with it, and we're not going to go into deeper than that. Um... <laughs> So, uh, another word that popped up was alleged, or allegedly, uh, is also, uh, it's used to convey that sometimes, uh, there's a claim, uh, case, or, uh, something has been taken, uh, and there is no proof. He was allegedly, uh, leading participant in the coup attempt. Oh, nice example. Uh, basically, it's a statement that, well... Someone says this person did, but it's not proved that that's what happened. Like, someone went somewhere they weren't supposed to go. Well, allegedly they went there, but until someone proves they went there, you know, it's not really founded. And again, not going deeper than that, we're just going to stick with hypotheticals. Uh, so let's talk about uh, the roofing company, Brett, uh, because there was no, uh, what the, I can't remember what the actual thing was, but uh, it was something Sloan. Um, Lancashire and Sloan, I believe. Yes, that's it. So there is no Lancashire and Sloan in uh, Philadelphia. However, there is a Sloan roofing company in uh in uh, california uh in the ventura county community uh apparently they've been in service for over 30 years and the uh owner of the company alan sloan uh has had 20 years himself of licensed uh, contractor work and uh yeah they work primarily with hoas uh, to providing uh, roof services uh, in the best possible way in the Ventura area. So potentially, when they make the joke of the roofing people, could have easily been a California joke thrown in there because, haha, who cares about Philadelphia? <laughs> Sometimes I take it a little personally about California jokes being slid into my Pennsylvania-based TV show. Sometimes? <laughs> Uh, an appraiser, Brett. An appraiser is someone, uh, is a person who, uh, God, that is a person that, uh, develops an opinion of a market value of, or other value of a production, uh, most notably real estate. Uh, the current definition of appraiser, according to United Sorry, Uniform Standard of Professional Appraisal Practice, or the USPAP, is one of one who is expected to perform valuation service uh, competently and in a manner that is independent and impartial and objective. So what that means is, is that someone as appraiser is supposed to be someone who can look at an item or real estate or something that is of of owning a value and go this is how much it's worth they can say like uh when you 
go to buy a home. They can go through the house, go by room by room, size by size of the house, your yard, all those things, and go based on measurements, based on schematics, based on the other houses that have been sold in the area. This is the value of the house. And then that can help determine if it's worth giving a loan out to buying the house or not. Um, likewise, if you are selling old antiques, an appraiser can come by and go, based on our knowledge of antiques and the things that are around, this is what we can say is the value of these antiques. Unfortunately, most often, grandparents tend to have knickknacks around and not really very valuable things like kabuki masks and those type of things. But hey, mm -hmm. you know, it wouldn't surprise me that a Feeny, especially Fanny Feeny, would have some very valuable things lying around. If your name is Fanny, you probably have some pretty expensive stuff lying around. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll have to look up at some point when Fanny became term for butt because you gotta imagine that when that first became a name that wasn't referred to that mm -hmm. um so hooked on phonics or hooked on feeny as my preference is now uh hooked on phonics was started in 1987 uh as a commercial brand of an education material originally designed for reading education through phonics um as a system used systematic phonic and scaffold <laughs> scaffolded <laughs> stories to teach uh, letter sounds uh, correlation phonics as part of children's uh, literacy this program has since expanded to encompass a wide variety of media including books computer games music uh, videos and flashcards in addition to books and materials as well as uh, to include other subject areas target audience is uh, target audience for this brand is primarily individuals and home school children or parents the product was advertised exclusively on television and radio throughout the 90s i will say uh my experience was um from the 90s when they started using games um they had like the flashcard games and we had that in our classroom and that was so helpful and making connections and um because a lot of times for me when i read even as an adult still i tend to like my brain is trying to get me to go fast or my eyes are trying to get me to go faster than what my brain can process through when I'm reading. And so what's helpful and what's helpful with the flashcards is just a, this is the word. This is the thing we're focused on. Let's focus on getting this. And then it's getting the rest of them as you go along. Um, so like when I read alone in my head, I have no problem. When I read out loud, that's when my problem hits. Because for whatever reason, the understanding of from there to here doesn't always process as quickly as I need it to. And then also, it all gets jumbled up. And that's why a lot of times you'll hear me go, well, uh, no, that doesn't. Okay, here, here's how we go. <laughs> <laughs> so even as I'm reading about Hooked on Phonics, <laughs> there are those things that are jumbling around and the way I was processing it was not working. So, mm -hmm. but that's not the hooked on phonics people's fault. That's my fault. 
Um, I was having a little bit of a hard time on finding stuff specifically about the Kabuki masks and how much they're valued because, unfortunately, it's an art form that some people like to do today. And so there's a big question over how many, like, real old kabuki masks are there out there compared to what people make today and some people can make some really convincing old looking ones um it's one of my problems with art is people redoing old art and you know it it looking just as good as the stuff that was before um so i will say that i did see on like some ebay stuff of there's a couple of um like a thousand to thousand six hundred, and I did see one that was like five thousand three, yeah, five thousand three hundred. So they're they can go for the right price for a decent price if it's the right person. So, well, there you have it. Yeah, Micro Shimon Sloan. I'm not not too far off. No, I mean I will also say that. Back then, in the 90s, I don't think it was as easy to get those type of things, so it wouldn't surprise me that a Philadelphia one would see that and go, yeah, we need this. So, And also, Feeney recognized that, hey, this thing could be valuable, so I should get that checked out. I was trying to find some information out there about uh, fighting and fighting with your best friend, and uh, I stumbled upon a research uh, that was done in 2016, I want to say. Uh, hard to tell for sure on the exact date. 2015, 2016, sometime like that. Um, so there's a study done... Um, so the objective was to identify risk factors for fighting uh, factors that protect against fighting and strategies to prevent fighting amongst adolescents who fight and those uh, uninvolved in fighting. Uh, so the, the methods is uh, focus groups were conducted with middle and high school students um, satisfied by fighting. Uh, fighters and non-fighters status, uh, race slash ethnicity and gender uh, groups were audio taped and transcribed and analyzed using margin coding and uh, thematics content analysis themes were I independently identified and three coders uh, disagreed agreements uh, were resolved by consensus. Uh, so the results, uh, the 65 uh, participants in the 12 group, uh, 12 focus groups were 13 to 17 year olds. Uh, reasons for fighting included self-defense, uh, to gain slash maintain respect, or due to anger, uh, having goals for the future is uh, protective. Non-fighters state that uh, their parents uh condone fighting only when physically attacked and teach adolescent strategies to avoid fighting fighters describe mixed messages from parents and pro fighting attitudes and modeling of aggressive behavior among some family members non-fighters avoid fights by ignoring insults or walking away fighters feel unable to use uh un non-violent conflict resolutions uh methods if uh, effectively Peers may uh, 
instigate or encourage fights. Uh, suggestion suggested uh, prevent yeah, suggested prevention strategies uh, include anger management and conflict resolution programs, uh, relationships with caring adults and physicians, counselors, counseling youth about consequences of fighting. Uh, so all of that is a long way of saying, in my opinion, from what I'm, what I'm reading and listening to, essentially, all the kids that were considered like a non-fighter uh, were encouraged to not fight. And they were constantly talked to by their parents about, hey, make sure you find other ways. Make sure you, you talk things out. Make sure you, you work on these things. And a lot of the kids that were prone to fights were either told, well, you probably shouldn't fight, to, well, you got to stand your ground. You got to be a man. Don't let those people mess with you. You know, well, you, you say you want to do this. You say you want to do that. Well, you're not going to stand up for yourself. And, you know, almost like a pressure for some of these kids. It sounds like to, well, I don't have a choice but to fight. Because if I don't fight here, I'm going to have to go home and fight my dad. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, it's it comes back to, I think, Brett, of as much as we want to try to do to help teenagers uh, in, in terms of teaching and, and being role models and uh helping them in other ways it really comes down to what happens in at home you know because though the parents have the most influence over their kids bar none no matter what yep. doesn't matter how much people want to disagree with that no matter how much they think they spend all their time with kids they barely spend time with me they've had you for 13 17 years trust me they've had an influence on you whether you want to realize it or not. Um, and it's easy to say, hey, having programs talking about conflict resolutions, meeting with counselors, you know, being around caring adults. Yes, those things are great, and sometimes that's enough for some kids, but other kids, that's not enough. Mm -hmm. And it's recognizing that, hey, sometimes we got to work with parents and help them to do better. Or realize that maybe these kids shouldn't be with these parents, and that's also understandable. Yep. <sighs> um, that's it. All right. Good details. So let's talk about what we learned. You know anything about the Odyssey? Huh? Did I say you could talk? I didn't teach you that. My friend, Mr. Matthews, will lead the discussion. Do I have to draw you a picture? What did you learn, Tyler? Well, Brett, I learned this week that sometimes we go a little crazy. And uh, sometimes we, you know, I think at any age, we can go through a moment of just complete insanity. And just having people supporting us is so important. Um... You know, regardless of when you may have a panic or some sort of situation where you're just kind of feeling a little not yourself, um, you know, having the right people around you to say, it's okay to be this way for right now. Uh, and that's what Eric and Amy did for, or Alan and Amy did for their son. So. Yeah, that's what they did. And uh, yeah. I you learned, learned um, I'll throw my learning weight my token behind this idea of found family that uh, it's important to not just 
to not forget that you have forged bonds that are important, that go deeper than just a friendship sometimes, and that a lot of times you've built a family outside of your own home that is willing to to be there for you, to lean on, to to be supportive. And sometimes you may need that. And so don't don't forget about them. Yeah. So I agree with that. Yes. I'm right? No, you're exactly right. So am I done with my education? Can I go? How would you grade the pink flamingo kid, Tyler? Well, I hate to be a, a broken record, but I'm thinking this is another A plus for me. Um, you know, is this the most incredible A plus episode? No. Do I think Eric's storyline is a little weak? Yeah, but it's it serves its purpose, if that makes sense. It doesn't have to be a perfect perfect storyline to have it it'd be an A plus in my opinion. And what they do with Sean is just Sean and Corey's relationship takes a turn and, and we get so much out of everybody in this episode. So I'm getting going a plus. Mm-hmm. I'm going a little, little harsher on it. I'm, I'm going with would. a D plus. It's, it's never been, it's never been top of my list. I, I I don't know why it's never been top of my list, but uh, just the the general concept of it appeals to me. And this idea of found family is one that that crops up so often for Sean and Corey. I just feel like there are other times where it's better explored. It feels very cool. it feels very surface to me for this episode. And I try, I'm trying not to compare it to other episodes, but it feels like a very surface exploration of it. And it's not a bad episode. It's not one that I'll skip, but I just feel like they could have done a better job with some of the elements to bring it up to that A-level. Yeah. But is not sometimes disagreements between two friends at a surface level and should be easy to get past, and sometimes you just can't? True. So, um, now I will say, Brett, before we get to any dad jokes, uh, we need to figure out how the heck is Sean has a half brother that we never talk about and only have in this one episode. That's a very good question because we already figured out his sister. Now we got to figure out this half brother we've never heard about and we'll never hear from again who still lives in the trailer park. It clearly is not Verna's kid. Well, here's my theory. I'm thinking it is Verna's kid. Because I'm thinking that Verna is just not a good mom. There are some people out there that are just not good parents. And my thought process is is that this is Verna's kid, but she kind of rejected him because she was ashamed of who her the father is because it's not Chet this is before they she has she's with Chet and uh she kind of dumps this child Eddie upon the father's doorstep and says you raise him your kid not mine and then a few years later ends up with 
Chet falls in love with Sean for some reason doesn't didn't love Sean in a way that doesn't love Eddie and thus this is how there's animosity between them because yes they are quote unquote brothers but not really in the in the sense you know um, so here is the who I think the father is Brett and this is a stretch I'll give you that but here goes the father is Brett Tony from season two, aka Tony. other Uncle, Uncle Mike. <laughs> okay, okay. Yes. So you're figuring he's actually Verna's kid. From he's not a hunter, right? Because they never say his last name. So he's never actually, never truly Sean's half brother then, because. You know, okay. Spoiler warning: Good look, good, good-looking people. Verna is not actually Sean's biological mother, but he won't learn that until what season six. Correct. And, and so... he learns it through a ghost dad. So how true that is, yeah. who knows? <laughs> but so so we've got. I I can buy this. I can buy this in my head canon. Yeah, I mean it's just. <sighs> Gosh, Sean's whole family situation is so complicated. <laughs> it is. It is a Gordian knot. Mm-hmm. I mean, this because of the show wanting continuity mean nothing. Like they clearly don't have a true show bible. Like they just literally mm-hmm. throw out anything and everything. Like I'm amazed the that show Sean bible has, has to be like a single page with basically <laughs> names and maybe jobs. Yeah, because birthdays just, aren't even consistent. Eric's got two different. The Matthews birthdays. has three children: Corey, Eric, and sometimes Morgan. Yes, <laughs> who didn't show up in this episode, and we just got a new Morgan. Right, she doesn't come back again. My goodness. Yeah, I don't know, Brett. It's just this show is what it is. It just drives me crazy. Yeah. Um, Oh, I will say to you as well, I was uh, doing a thing today, and I had a teenager literally say, people that do podcasts are weird. And I turn around and I go, I have a podcast. (laughs) And I was like, really? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, what's it called? And I go, Dadby's World. (laughs) Oh, I think you posted about that at one point. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I did. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Every like, week. I don't force any of you guys to listen to it, but if you did, it would make me feel a little more special. <laughs> and you might learn something. <laughs> yeah, you might learn a little bit about me. Who knows? Golly. Brett, I think it's time for a dad joke. I think so, too. Uh, what is red, white, and blue at Christmas? Red, white, and blue at Christmas. Uh... Uh, patriotic Santa. A sad candy cane. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on. This is another one. Who is never hungry at a Chris- on Christmas Day? Never hungry on Christmas Day. I don't know who. The turkey. It's stuffed. <laughs> That's a better Thanksgiving one, though. I do ham on Christmas. 
Oh, fair. But good-looking people, that's an episode. What does your family do for Christmas? Yeah, what does your family do for Christmas? Let us know. Yeah, what what does your family eat for Christmas? I mean, you're asking me or you're asking the good-looking people? I'm asking good-looking people. I'm not going to oh, yeah. do the outro No, that's all right, Brent. Don't get to know gonna, me any better. That's fine. It's going to drown you out. You got sure. quiet for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> you got quiet. This has been Dad's Meat World. Uh, we're two dads <laughs> trying to figure out what is this life. And uh, I think we succeeded. Brett, uh, do you want to tell them about those socials we got? Yeah, yeah. You can follow us online at Dad's Meat World across Twitter, across Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And uh, you can email us at dadsmeatworld at, g- at gmail.com. We love reading yeah, emails when they come in. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, those are ways you can reach out to us. We love hearing from you. <laughs> yeah. My wife had the nerve one day to say to me, do I actually have to leave a comment or can I just put stars? And I said, do a comment, please. She never did. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Leave a comment. It's, it's good. It's, it's yeah. good for the algorithm. It's better if you leave a yeah. comment than just a star. And leave a leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. That's the best yeah. way to that's the best free way to help us out and show us your love. <laughs> yeah. Show us our lo- this love at this time of the year. The most <laughs> Uh, can't be Halloween. We need to get That's that. Eric's. Get over this, Brent. <laughs> Eric's, As Eric's always, Halloween is the most <laughs> greatest time of year. <laughs> Until next time. We'll see Tyler. you good looking. See you good looking. <laughs> so with you. You know how can I learn so much every week and still be so stupid? Dad's Meat World is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios, tell your story. Wow, that froze up on my end. Did it freeze up on your I end? I thought that was like, is that just me or is it you? <laughs> no, no, that, that froze up on my end too. <laughs> well, we'll just pretend that uh, we have the theme song then. When it's Dad's Me World, they want you to take the rolls. <laughs> I just took a bite of Pop-Tart. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Oh, every time I turn it over. <laughs> All right. Wow. Here we go. <laughs>